This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, are you willing to put your own skin in the game as an artist, or do you want somebody else to foot all of the expenses? This is just one of the great topics we talk about this week. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you Build need. a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got Mike today. I'm flying solo. Jay is uh, spending some time with the family on the East Coast. So again, I'm flying solo today. Um, before we get into this week's uh, fun guest interview... I just want to do a quick shout out to everybody at uh, Hypebot and Bands in Town. Bruce, especially, thank you so much for all you do to support the podcast week in and week out. It means so much to us. And of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com makes it so easy to build a stunning website and EPK for your music in just minutes. All the features you need are already built in, including dozens of fully customizable templates, tools to sell your music merch and tickets commission free mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters integrations with Bandcamp, soundcloud youtube bands in town and many more so you can easily add content from your other online profiles and of course amazing live tech support from their musician friendly team seven days a week Plans at Banzoogle.com start at just $8.29 a month, and that includes the hosting of your website and even your own free custom domain name. Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners, head over to Banzoogle.com, sign up to try it for free for 30 days. But when you sign up, make sure you use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY. And of course, thank you to discmakers.com. As we all know, vinyl has been mostly a label product up until now. High prices, tight supply with resulting long lead times have kept the independent artists largely on the sidelines, yet indie artists want vinyl. Should be selling vinyl, vinyl is a great collectible that your fans want i just just got a vinyl album in yesterday from a band that i was supporting um but not many indie artists are end up moving forward why again because of the price and turnaround times most artists don't know how many records they'll sell so they want to start with the smallest quantity possible to test the waters and in the past a hundred records at disc makers would have cost you just under two thousand dollars to press and that's a lot of money especially when you compare it to the cost of getting 100 CDs from Disc Makers for just 149 bucks. So Disc Makers has decided to rip the Band-Aid off, and they've launched their entry-level vinyl program with an offer of 100 records for just 1299 bucks. So they're making this available to all DIY artists. Go over to DiscMakers.com. Order your 100 vinyl records for $12.99. So this week, it's kind of a, a laid-back, cool chat. I've got a, a friend of mine from Canada. Sean McKenna is joining me this week. He's an independent artist. He works with Indie Tunes. And we're just kind of talking, or I'm asking him questions. What's going on with indie artists today? What are they talking about? What are they bothered by? What are they concerned with? And we get into a lot of interesting topics from streaming to contracts to putting your own skin in the game. Um, this is a fun conversation. So check it out. And I'll see you at YouTube, the end. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Hey, Music Biz Weekly listeners and viewers. I'm honored to be joined by Sean McKenna. Now, Sean, you are literally in the great white north right now. About <laughs> as far away from, I don't know, I, I don't want to say civilization, but you are like on the 
eastern coast of Canada where it's it's cold and snowy, huh? If I spun the camera around, you see a little bit of snow. I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is uh, not quite the most eastern part of uh, Canada. The most eastern part is in Newfoundland, but uh, I'm pretty yep. darn close. Yep, yep. So you you've had me on on uh, the the Indie Tunes podcast two or three times, and we have great discussions on there. And I thought, you know what? Let's get you on the Music Biz Weekly podcast here, and let's just as 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 a musician, as a performer, um, and you've been doing this your entire life as somebody who's part of Indie Tunes, which is an indie label working with independent bands i just love to hear from you what are you hearing from musicians meaning what what are they what concerns them what bothers them what don't they understand you know what's what's going on with with independent musicians well <laughs> pardon me a little bit of a cold here michael um the one thing for me that is a little bit perplexing and I've always been, I guess, of the mindset that if I don't know something, find somebody who does and ask them. And, and I, I'm I'm hitting you up all the time. You you know you're part of the business very well, and you know other parts of the business very well. Um, I find what I'm finding with a lot of musicians on the indie side of things is really they're not doing anything different than anybody else, right? They're going to the streaming services. They're not having success. Uh, they're maybe applying for grants. They're not having success. But instead of, I guess, working with some sort of collective or collaborative, um, they're trying to do it on their own. And some of them are having success. A lot of them aren't. And they're very frustrated. Yeah. You know, one of the things Jay and I have always talked about is educating. You got to educate yourself to the business. Um, and sadly, we we encounter, I, I think, just like you, so many musicians who just are not educated to how the business works um you know they want to be a musician want to just write songs they want to play live and and obviously that's the core of of the bit of the business and the and their career but if you don't understand what's going on it's pretty much certain failure well i've had days like that there's no question because um I remember, and you guys do the three sides of the coin podcast. I remember an article with Peter Chris where he talked about all the numbers and the accountants uh, punch a creative hole in, in, in what you try to do as a musician. And it is true, but I, I find now with analytics and the having access to people that know what they're doing, it's not this big, tedious task that it used to be. Um, and it can actually be fun when you start to see where some of the numbers are coming from and when you start playing to some of that. I think people are afraid to ask, and it's this big, overwhelming piece. I mean, I, I never considered myself a numbers guy. Um, but once you get into them and you start analyzing them, it's actually pretty fun, and you you, you learn some really, really cool things. You, you really can. Uh, you know, analytics are so important. And, and, and sadly, it's like it's the last thing so many musicians want to learn and worry about i don't want to study numbers i don't want excel spreadsheets i mean i i just started an excel spreadsheet myself last night because i'm experimenting with um the youtube uh promotion beta that they're running in youtube studio where you can you can basically just do real quick promotions of videos and i'm i'm playing around with you know let's throw some money at it let's just see what works and, you know, the spreadsheet is there of how many impressions am I getting and how much does it cost me per impression and how many plays and what's the cost per play and how many subscribers and the cost per subscriber. Incredibly valuable data that you are going to get and an experience that you're going to learn. But I think for a lot of musicians, it is the most unsexy unfun uninteresting thing that they want to spend any of their time doing they'd rather they'd rather be writing another song or rather performing or rehearsing or or, or whatever than studying numbers but the numbers tell you so much they can tell you so much about what's working what's not working and and even more importantly um numbers like where your fans are are how many fans do you have not just in a certain country or a certain state 
or a certain province, but within a city, how many do you have and what and 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 your ability to take that data and use that to your benefit. And and it's and it's just it's disappointing that so many just ignore that. Um it is, but I think there's also this this um, you know what? I, I was gonna. I was thinking. I'm gonna watch what I'm. I'm gonna say, but I'm not because what I find with some musicians, not all, but some, is that instead of doing that work, they would rather not do that work and then make comments about people being lucky and people, you know, having all the breaks and people having money and them. And so what ends up happening instead of taking something that again, I'm not a numbers guy. I, I, you know, math was never my strong suit, but I can understand analytics and how they are and. You know, and I think that you're if you don't dig into that stuff, you don't want to be successful. And that's a pretty grand statement to make. Um, and, and working with Ken at Indie Tunes, I, I, I was into it a little bit. But when he started showing me some of that stuff, I'm like, this is very simple. Um, it actually helps you do less work in the long run, which I think as musicians, we're Smart, all smarter, smarter work, actually. Right. You know, working hard. No, no. Working smart. And uh, not enough people get that. I mean, you can work hard and hard work. What is it? Hard work beats whatever when something doesn't work hard or whatever the sports analogy is. But um, smart work is the way to do it. And a lot of these guys that I see that are having success are working smart. They're using the analytics. They know who to preach to. Uh, they're creating campaigns. They're they're they are analyzing things. They're they're. It's just smart work. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I will even admit, uh, you know, the the analytics data can be overwhelming because every every online website, every app you're using has some form of analytics in it now, which is a good thing. But at the same time, you can get so overwhelmed by so many numbers, so much data that's being crunched and sliced and diced a million ways that. I can easily see people being like, oh, I just I don't want I don't want to even spend the time figuring this out when they could ignore 90 percent of that data and only worry about 10 percent of it and still get a lot of valuable data out of it. Again, I, 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 I just did this for a couple clients who have, um, you know, decent followings on bands in town and you can go into bands in town and you can export. All the cities all your fans are in around the world, right. right? around the world. And I exported this data for both clients and I sent it to each one. And I said, here you go. Here's where your fans are by city and how many are in each city. Give this to your booking agent. That's or, if you're booking it, or, or if you're booking it yourself, <laughs> here's the cities to focus on because guess what? Fans in town knows you've got a thousand fans in Toronto. Well, that's a thousand fans that you can actually communicate to, and and there's an audience there. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to sell a thousand tickets, but looking at numbers and the working smarter, I'd rather focus on getting a show in a city where I have a thousand fans than trying to get a show in a city where I have no fans whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because you were on the Indie Tunes show. I think it was two times ago. And I don't remember how exactly I worded the question, but it was along the lines of numbers and, and followers. And, and you basically said, don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, very in the back of my mind, I'm going very easy for Michael to say he's got the, this podcast is doing really well. But I'm like, you know what? I'll maybe worry about the analytics and not necessarily about the numbers. And the second I started doing that, everything started changing. This momentum that I kind of was trying to get that I didn't have started working. And what I started doing was looking at the analytics and looking where things were strong and understanding them. And if a guy who's a drummer who barely graduated high school math can figure that out, anybody can figure that out. Yeah. I, I, you know, there are important, very easy to access analytics out there, whether it's in bands in town or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or, or anything um, that you should, you, you know, and what I was talking about there was too many people come out, start from nothing and are like living to watch those numbers grow. Yep. And and I think given experience, you will learn those numbers can grow 
very slowly, very slowly, unless something significant happens sort of almost outside of your control. Like you get a great media presence, you got on a great tour, a great show. You can see spikes happen because of something. But though, as a musician, you really can't count on that sort of stuff happening. You you hope, but it's a it's a daily, you know, trudging through every day, growing. And and if you sit here and go, well, geez, I've been doing this for a month and I've only gained a hundred fans, that can be disappointing can be very it it can be very disappointing and it and and to the point where some people might go it's not worth it i'm not moving that dial but if you stop worrying and focusing solely on that stuff and just let your creativity happen and stick with it because consistency you know whether it's in a podcast or being a musician consistency is what it's all about you've got to keep recording music you got to keep releasing music you got to keep playing live even when you think it's dead and it's over you've got to keep moving forward um eventually you're going to start seeing numbers grow as you say it as you stated and and you know you look back a year ago and you'll go okay i've picked up 1500 fans over the last year that can be encouraging as opposed to geez this first month i got 10 new fans what but and 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 i i also want to add to it 10 new fans or 10 new fans they they shouldn't right. be discounted because it's only 10 i mean you know if you keep getting 10 new fans at a time that adds up i'll take uh 10 engaged fans over 100 people that just hit subscribe and never come back well, and, and, and there you go. I mean, that's, that's so critically important. It's not, it's not all about numbers. Numbers can tell you a lot and can tell you what might be working and what, what not might not be working. But at the end of the day, numbers don't get you a record deal. Right. They just won't. I, I mean, un- unless you've got numbers that actually show you can sell 5,000 tickets. You can sell 10,000 albums. If you've got those numbers, yeah, somebody's going to be interested in it. But where this is leading is too many people are just like, well, I need I, I need to get my Spotify numbers up. I need to get my YouTube numbers up. I need to get my Facebook numbers up because nobody's going to take me seriously because I don't have numbers. So I'll go buy those numbers. Right. I will just get some fake numbers. So all of a sudden, my my YouTube plays on this video go from 500 to 50,000. Now right. I'm going to happen. Well, no, you're not, because that doesn't change the fact that nobody has still seen that video. Exactly. And 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 those and and so I guess the point is that ultimate focus on a number is important in a overall strategy. But that won't change the game for you just because you've upped your numbers across the board. No, and 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 one of the things that I find, and and you see it a lot, a lot of these videos that people post, like if they're posting like a drum video or a guitar video, um, they're clearly seeing some people that are having success. They're trying to copy it. Um, they get into the compare game, and I think that's the hardest thing for a musician in this business is when they start comparing. You know, I compare my situation to somebody else's situation. I don't know all the factors. He's having success. I'm not. Why is that? You don't know everything. I think you got to focus on your own deal. Um, get help. I'm a very big proponent of talking to people that are doing something similar to me that can offer me advice. So what I mean by that is if I have somebody that is doing fishing videos and he's getting millions of views fishing, I don't fish. Therefore, you know, what he's going to teach me might not be relevant. Michael Bramble does stuff in music. I'm going to talk to Michael because Michael and I are a little bit, and, and, and a lot of people, don't, they just go, oh, my God, go talk to this person. They'll help you. Well, maybe not. Um, so I'm very, very, and this, again, Michael, this is all stuff that I tell people about, and they choose to, some some of them listen, a lot of them don't. And you can only work with the ones that do, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, what you were talking about, 
you know, getting advice is very important, but I've, I've always had an attitude of, um, you should really only be competing with yourself. Amen. You don't be worried about competing with the, the band across town, the band in the next city. Um, because if all you're focused on is competing with them, bettering what they're doing, you're chasing them. Yep. Basically you're, you're just following their lead and you're never going to be yourself. You're never going to be original. If, if all you're doing is worrying about what that other band is doing, do what you want to do. You can, you can look at this landscape and, and take hints and clues from everywhere. And, and honestly, I've always told people, I'm like, some of the best clues you can get of what works and doesn't work might come from outside of the whole music industry itself. You know, again, you know, to your point, you might not be a fisherman, but look at why, what, what's going on with that fishing video that got a million plays. Maybe there's, they're doing something there where you can go, I can take that little thing, that little trick they did. And I can apply that to what I'm doing in my music career. You're not, you're not competing with them. You're not just mimicking them. You're learning from them. And, 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 and again, it just goes back to, I think you need to, again, compete with yourself. Uh, you know, we, we've always said on this show, there's no, no doubt that I'm a kiss fan. I've worked with kiss. You want to, you want to compete with yourself. You want to better yourself. You want to do better than your last album. You want to do better than your last tour. You want to do better than your last video. Don't worry about doing better than Metallica. Don't worry right. about doing better than Helix. I mean, these are all, as you said, different situations, different bands, different fan bases. Um, you can only do better than yourself. And I feel like if you focus on always trying to improve in each iteration, you will succeed. I, I, I agree with that. And it, that's, that's something that I, I, uh, I talk to people about. I, I'm not a coach. Okay. I don't, I don't, you know, Matt Starr is a coach. Guys like that are coaches. I don't coach. I'm, I'm very good at networking. I can teach that all day long. Um, but I'm not a coach because I'm somebody that, you know, could use some coaching, but I, uh, I'm i not a coach. However, when I talk to people about not competing with anybody but yourself, they're, they kind of get this, oh, well, you know, what are you, some guru? Well, no, I'm not. It's hard enough to motivate yourself, let alone worry about what somebody else is doing. Why are you going to focus? And I mean, really, that's why reality TV exists in a sense, isn't it? Because people care more about the lives of people on reality TV than their own life. And that's what they focus on. And it's kind of sad. So, um it's a huge message and i love that you said that compete with yourself you know and and watch what happens it's 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 amazing i i i would always rather have everybody else compete with me because to me in my mind that means they're looking at what i'm doing they're following me they're chasing after me um and 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 i'm not saying that in an egotistical way but that's just <laughs> what it is when you're when you're competing with somebody else a a singular different band topic out there you are focusing your attention on them not on yourself right and and by doing that now you're just like okay well this is what they did today i need to do that twice as good as they did it oh they did this today now i've got to change and do this as opposed to what do you just want to do and you keep doing what you think is the best you can do and I believe at some point that other band is going to go, I need to pay attention to what Sean's doing right? <laughs> um, and copy what Sean is doing. And once that happens, it's the dynamics have sort of changed and everything. Yep. You're, yep. you're now looked upon as the leader, as the better person. It's, it, you know what? And that's a great point because I mean, <laughs> So I really started started getting into three sides, you know, for this whole end of the road run. And uh, a friend of mine here in Halifax joined the uh, the Facebook group. He made a comment to me, and I was like, "Yep." And I, he goes, "Man, they're fans that really eat their own people." And I'm like, "Yep, I've never seen a group that really will turn on you know their own their own folks as fast." But one of the things that I like about what you guys do in your group is how well you moderate it. Um, 
And, and this is something that, you know, we're talking about copying. Well, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, I'm borrowing a little bit, but my, my way was always to get maybe a little impatient. You guys are really good at, hey, well, correct the behavior once and then you're gone. And I might let people hang out for a little bit and annoy other people. So um, there's a great example of, of, you know, what you're talking about there. Um, you know, royalty check, I guess, when it starts working a little bit more for me your way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what 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 else are independent artists uh, you know here let me let me prime the pump yep. what what are you feeling from independent artists about spotify and streaming um well i mean everybody everybody is on the kick about uh you know it not paying right um one of the things that ken's trying to do and it's really funny because you bring it up and it's like oh well you know that's never going to work well you don't know but ken's trying to actually make the indie tunes label a place where the you know artists get paid streaming through the label and you know spotify use it or whatever but what i'm getting is people think they understand how the algorithms work and how the data works and they don't really um and so they're very frustrated because they think they're doing all the right things and they're not having success um there was the exercise there michael just before christmas where everybody was releasing their yearly streams and you saw it and it was like you know 154,000 streams and it was just like at the end of the day, what does that mean? And a lot of people didn't know what it meant. Is it impressive? Is it not impressive? We don't know. So I think people are still confused over how the whole whole thing works, and therefore they get frustrated with it. Yeah, you know that's that's the biggest area of misinformation and lack of knowledge. I think is the whole streaming space and and for a simple term, how the money flows. And this right. doesn't isn't unique to just streaming it's to anything out there i mean if if you're in this business um you need to understand how the money flows down to you the artist it could be everything from you book a show and then you get paid how does that money how, how how does all the money work when it comes to playing live and 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 contracts and lawyers and managers and streaming and record labels and everything else um yeah they're just uh it seems like there's a continuing lack of knowledge about how the money actually flows in the music business and 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 the the significant lack of knowledge about the fact that who pays an artist, first of all? Who actually pays the artist? And in the case of what we just talked about with streaming, streaming services do not pay the artists. They've never paid the an artist. It would be ridiculous for them to pay each artist individually. I mean, it would be in a huge accounting nightmare for Spotify to have to pay every single artist on their platform individually, all the accounting that has to go into it. They don't. And, and I say Spotify, but this applies to every streaming service. This applies to YouTube. It applies to everything. They pay the rights holder, the aggregator, the distributor, the record label. And it's that party's problem to pay the artist. So when an artist isn't getting paid, you need to go back up that chain of how the money flows and go, well, who's, who's, who is the one that's supposed to be paying me? Right. You can, you can cry that you're not making money off of Spotify, but the fact is rights holders are making millions of dollars every day. I mean, there is a lot of money in streaming a lot. Now, the question is, how is it getting down to the artist? Thank you. I, I explain that because I, I think a lot of people, if you make that statement, no way. Because, you know, they're looking at their own, I guess, you know, financials that get sent to them on a monthly basis or whatever it is. Right. Um, so explain that a little bit. Well, I mean, in the in the in the simplest term. If you sign a record deal and I don't care if it's with a major label or a small label, probably. And there's always exceptions to it, but probably that label is collecting all of the revenue related to that recording. And then they will pay you, the artist, based upon the contract you signed. 
and again, those contracts can vary greatly from label to label, artist to artist. But generally, what what it means is the label, the music rights holder, gets to recoup all of their investment off the top first. I mean, off of the gross monies coming in, they recoup all their marketing money. If they did a Facebook ad, if they paid for a graphic designer to do your your CDs, album cover, they can recoup all of that before any money is split between the label and the artist. And I think first and foremost, an artist needs to understand, are they recouped or are they unrecouped? And if you, if you are unrecouped, you're never going to get a royalty payment. I shouldn't say never, but again, there's exceptions, but you most likely will never see a royalty payment to you for music sold as long as you're unrecouped, because that means the label it's paying themselves back for the money they invested into you, which, which is fair. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, I think you and I have talked about it. It's a, it's a, it's equivalent to a bank loan. Um, it's got to be paid back. Uh, you know, I would say, I could say with pretty good confidence, it's going to be an interest free bank loan. Um, but it has to be paid back and it's paid back out of the money your sales generate well and a lot of a lot of people just don't understand this that's essentially the way it's always been done um, it's always been that way i mean here you know and, and i've used this as an illustration to people let's go back to the heyday of the 80s when cd sales were selling for 18 25 bucks a cd tower records was jammed um tower records is 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 the equivalent of a streaming service, meaning right. they they are the they are the retailer. They are where the music is consumed. Yeah, they're consumed in different formats, but they are the same essentially. And Tower Records sells a CD for twenty bucks. They're making Tower Records is making more money off of that CD sale at twenty bucks than the artist will ever make off of that CD. Because the cost, the wholesale cost of that CD could be seven bucks, ten bucks. So maybe Tower Records is making fifty percent off of that. They, you know, they they bought it for ten dollars from the label. They're selling it for twenty dollars. Tower Records is is pocketing ten bucks off of every CD sold. Now that wholesale cost is where you have to now go, okay, well, how much of that is the artist collecting off of that $10 wholesale? Well, it's the same, it's the same logic. Are you unrecouped? Are you, did, did your record label, and again, we'll, we'll use the eighties as an example. Did your record label give you a hundred thousand dollars to go into the studio and record that record? And did they spend another hundred thousand dollars to record a music video? And did they spend another hundred thousand dollars to give you tour support, to go tour, meaning they paid for your tour bus, they paid for your crew, they paid for all of that stuff. There's $300,000 right there that has to be paid back before the artist ever sees a penny. Um, it's interesting. There was a band up here who um, the drummer was a very good friend of mine. They, they had a lot of notoriety in Canada, and they still do to this day, but... In the 80s, they had their first album came out, and it did very well. And I remember my friend was signing records, and he's looking at me, and he goes, oh, there's 40 cents. There's, And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I get 40 cents every time one of these records sells. That was like 1987. You figure out how many they sold. Okay. And obviously, that deal didn't stay forever, but that's what he was getting for a period of time. And you sit there, and you go, okay. And he doesn't get any songwriting royalties because the deal that he worked with, you know, uh, pennies on the dollar for, for, um, for sales. But people don't understand this, right? I've I've just gone through it with um, uh, a song that 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 we put out with uh, with uh, Michelle, our our, uh, our uh, singer up here, and all of a sudden people want to cut us something that be didn't exist before, and people don't understand that. There's always <laughs> there's hands in every pie, right? And you got to figure all this stuff out. It's not well, free that, money. 
No, that that's exactly it. It's not free money. A any money that somebody is going to invest in you is going to get paid back. Yep. Uh, and but again, there might be a rare exception out there where somebody's going to do it out of the goodness of their heart. But it's just smart business. If I invest money in your business, I expect to be paid back first before you start profiting. So that's just the way. That's just the way any business works. But it goes to illustrate as a musician, as a performer, you need to ask the questions about how that money's flowing. You need to see the statements. You need to see the quarterly statements that that independent record label sends you. And if they don't send them to you, you need to raise bloody hell. Where are my statements? Because those statements should outline, here's how much was sold on vinyl. Here's how much was sold on CD. Here's how much came in on streaming services. Here's how much came in on YouTube. Um, and and then it should also outline, well, here's, here's percentages that had to be taken out for certain things, credit card processing or whatever. And then it comes down to, and here's how much we spent on you in this last quarter. <laughs> plus how much was unrecouped from the previous statement. And then it says, okay, you did, you did $5,000 in sales. We're still unrecouped. $7,000. You're not going to get a royalty check yet. Yeah. And you know, there's another thing too. And again, I'm not going to say all, I'm going to say some, but I've dealt with a lot of musicians that are frustrated about, you know, paying and getting paid and whatever. However, they feel like they should be paid, but they don't feel like they should necessarily put any of their own skin in the game to get paid. And then they're very frustrated when they don't get what they think they des deserve. And I'm not saying all, because that's that's not a fair statement. Um, I had a conversation with somebody today where there's a, a local bar here that every night of the month in January, there's bands playing and somebody made the comment oh but that's not the working bands those are the original bands well what's the difference to me you know just because you're playing cover tunes and getting paid these guys that's, are that's working towards something yep. else right and, and there's that real miss you know miss bit of information about getting paid and you know i don't want to say entitlement but it's very close and that's a very frustrating thing that i hear from from people right i mean and and this is this is a consideration I think indie artists need to think about is, um, you know, you might want to sign with a label because you want that label to pay for everything. Uh, right. That that's fair. That's understood. But then again, that means they're going to get everything they paid paid back first. They're going to pay right. themselves back first. So would it be smarter for you to sign with an independent label, but pay for your own marketing? So the label can't charge you back marketing expenses. Pay for your own graphic designer. Pay for your own music video. Because that way you won't get a line item that says music video production, $2,000 from the label. Sure, they paid it up front. The cash came out of their pocket, not out of yours. But you're also not going to see any money from sales until these expenses are covered. So... To your point, do you put your own skin in the game because it gives you more control over the game? And I think for me, the answer is yes. That's that's what I've been seeing. And, you know, anybody that works with me, um, if they get work that comes out of, you know, and I'm not going to throw the exposure card out, but if they get work that comes out of something that, that's related to my podcast, they take it, they run with it, I'm happy for them. I don't ask them for a cut. Um, but, you know, me putting skin in the game for me, I think makes sense. Um, some people are always looking for, you know, a government grant or, or, or this or that or the other thing. Um, you know, the only thing about government grants for me is, you know, as quickly as they're there, they can be taken away. And I've heard of mid project, something being, you know, ripped up and, and gone. So those are things that for me, you know, maybe they're a consideration, but they're not, not a super high consideration. I, I, I always try to self fund it any way I can. Yeah, I mean, it could be self-funded. It could be family and friends. It could be, you know, angel investors, which is basically family, friends, maxing out your credit card. I, 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 I think it needs to be said again and again, a band is just another business. Right. Just like, just like a restaurant, just like a bar. They're all businesses. 
and and they all want to make a profit but i think it's more commonly understood that sometimes restaurants and bars may not make profits for a year or more right. longer and and they know that going in they're going to have to keep investing their own money but as long as they're moving in the right direction they feel like okay in 12 months we're going to become profitable and then we start turning around that's great i it it amazes me that there's so many musicians who think my first album, I need to be profitable and make a living off of this first album. It's like, why, why, right. why do you think, why, why do you think that should happen? If, if you don't want to invest your own money in this, you want other people to invest it. Um, how do you think you're going to ever become profitable? Well, and that's a great, great, uh, comment because i've been in situations where somebody's trying to get money for something and the person that they're you know hitting up for the investment go well how much do you have into it well nothing and as nothing. soon as they hear well nothing well if you don't have enough confidence in yourself why am i you know what i mean yeah and uh they really missed that that mark and 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 i think what that illustrates and and i know some musicians don't like to hear this the music needs to be removed from that part of the discussion in the equation because some people will say, well, it's my music. That's going to make the money. It's great music. And, and I wholeheartedly agree. Your music is the product. Your music is what we hope will succeed here, but you're, we're talking business now and, and there's no, you, we all assume every band is releasing the best music they can release. Nobody goes out and purposely wants to release crappy music. Right. So remove the music from that business discussion now. And as you just illustrated, why aren't you willing to put your own skin into this game? And skin is not a song that you wrote. That's just right. a product. You know, right. how come you're not willing to invest your savings? How come you're not willing to max out your credit card? If you believe in it enough, I can believe in it with you. But if you yep. only want me to be the one believing in it, it might also, and, and I'm not saying that you can't get those types of deals where you might not, you might be able to find somebody who's willing to do all the investment, but they're also probably going to want a lot more out of it up front sure i mean they to, let's let's be honest that angel investor could treat it just like a record label okay if i'm yeah. investing a hundred percent to support this then i want to take money off of all income revenue first before you see any money out of this because absolutely. it's all my it's all my skin in the game absolutely um to your point removing the music i'll give you an example of something that happened so uh, I've got this band. It's called Michelle Ryder and Side Hustle. I went to Molson Canadian, and I just basically said, I want to partner with you guys. And they asked me why, and I didn't even approach the music. I said, because you get a lead singer in this band, 50% of our audience is women, 50% of our audience is men, and they both equally come out to see her play based upon things that she's done before, and that's going to sell a lot of beer and alcohol for you guys. And I showed them numbers and socials and all this stuff. So they went for it. And the very first gig that we did, it went through the roof. And the guy came to me and said, that was brilliant. It's like, no, no, it wasn't brilliant. I just knew what I had. And I knew not to talk about the music. I knew to talk about the person that is, you know, the figurehead of this band. And it worked perfectly. Well, that just circles right back to where we started. That's because you had analytics. Right. You had real numbers where you could actually say, okay, here's, here's the demographics based on her Facebook page. Here's the demographics from this. Here's the demographics from that. Those sponsors don't want someone just to say, well, I'm guessing it's 50%, 50%. Nobody's going to invest in a guess. Yep. They will invest based on hard data, hard numbers. Can you show me how old, you know, hey, it might be 50-50, but if your audience is 15 years old, a beer company is going to have no interest in it. Exactly. You got to know all of those demographics and, you know, how old are they? Where do they live? How much money are they likely to spend? 
What other bands do they like? This is data you can get from various platforms out there. I mean, you could go out here and go, well, listen, I've got all these fans, but they also like these bands as well. So it's the same type of audience. Oh, okay. So yes, this brings it all back to numbers. Analytics can, can help drive these relationships that you can create. And, and, you know, to that point, um, I've talked to people that are frustrated about, you know, music's not the way it used to be. Well, it's not, nothing is. Uh, but if you're going to do all this work <clears throat> and leave that piece out, um, you're really kind of trying to sit on a three-legged chair, right? Because you're, you're not, you're not taking the whole thing and, and, and taking the whole piece of everything and putting together one package. And again, I was, I, I can say this cause I was guilty, you know, can we bring up analytics and I'd roll my eyes. Well, as soon as I understood them, as soon as I stood, understood what they meant, this is easy. Not, it's not super easy, but follow the numbers, and the numbers will get you to where you want to go. It's, it's absolutely blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to really want to do a deal just because the music is great. Right. Uh, that's 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 just the reality. You may not like to hear that. Just because music is great doesn't mean someone's going to do a relationship or a deal with you. <laughs> they want to know. I mean, let, let's be honest. A bar is going to book you for a show, not because you've got a great song or a great CD. They're going to book you because they feel like they can sell a buttload of beer and concessions. Right. Because, you know, and again, once you start understanding the business, Ticket sales don't make a bar, a show profitable. It's the concession nope. sales. It's, it's, you know, how did your crowd buy more beer than this other band's crowd? Well, then I'm booking you instead of that other band next time. They could care less about the music. They could care less whether you're a tribute band or an original band. Yep. At the end of the day, how much beer... How many hot dogs, how much popcorn, how much candy, how much pizza did your audience spend that evening? It's all the fringe things. So, so, so Sean, you know, before we wrap here, uh, you know, plug, plug away. Uh, do you have, uh, you want to, you want people to check you out on a website? Do you want to check out Indie Tunes? Where do you want people to check you out? Well, so you can check me out on uh, if, if you Google Barstools and Band Talk. That's the uh, the YouTube channel, which is also the Facebook page, um, which turned into a podcast called Rim Shots with Sean. I've had guys like Leland Sklar uh, that played with Phil Collins. I've had Mick Brown from Dawkin, Rick Emmett from Triumph. I'm almost almost to 600 interviews, which is pretty cool. Um, so I got that. I've got a, a wonderful artist that actually sings in my band by the name of Michelle Ryder that if you check her out on Spotify and YouTube, she's got a, her second single that's doing great, uh, doing better than what we had thought it would uh, do. So we're going to probably get the third one out a lot quicker. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, you can find me on Facebook. If, if, you, if you look uh, up Sean McKenna, you'll see a picture of a guy playing drums. Um, a fan's blowing his hair. That's the running joke with me is I can't play without a fan. And that's true because it's way too hot at a lot of these parts that we play at. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and again, um, I'm always at it. So you can always find me. And I would also like to point out, Michael, that, um, through analytics, I figured out that my, uh, my subscriber base and my viewers and fan base is actually, uh, even the gap between Canada and the U S so much so that, um, I'm only about 20% uh, behind in terms of Canada versus U.S. audience, which is very interesting. Yeah. I, I, again, analytics can can reveal so much interesting stuff. I mean, here here's just a little analytics tidbit. I mean, I was looking at my YouTube analytics <laughs> and where, where the source of the plays in my YouTube channel were coming from. Because YouTube will tell you that. What website sent you the links? What social network sent you the links? And over the last year, I discovered that Twitter had only sent like 300 plays to my YouTube wow. channel amongst, you know, and I've had millions of plays and it, and it just told me, it's like, okay, I don't need to worry about promoting on Twitter. It's just not sending the traffic. The traffic is coming from Facebook, WhatsApp, 
these other websites, you know, analytics is going to tell you where people are discovering you so you can put more effort into focusing on those areas and less effort focusing on, in my case, on Twitter where nobody is coming from right. anymore. And I think everybody's mad at Twitter now after the whole whatever the heck it is. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's 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 all of that, whether you love it or hate it. But again, it's the simple look, I'm going to work smarter, not harder. And 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 smarter means I don't want to spend my time on Twitter where it's going to get me one, not even one play a day. I want somewhere where I can get hundreds of plays a day. And where does that come from? Well, your analytics will tell you that you go out there and you find them there and don't worry about these other ones that are not delivering. Well, here's one little analytic thing that I found about, about my stuff that I was very interesting. Um, so if you take the same demographic, I think it's 24 to 35 men versus women. Um, on my podcast, Barstools and Bantock, it's 54% men, 44% women. But on my personal, it's 54% women, 44% men, which is like, okay, that's interesting. So that's the next thing that I'm going to delve into to find out why that is. Because um, I find that stuff very, very uh, – and I don't know. I, I, I don't exactly know right now, uh, but I'm going to look into it. But, it, again, it's leading me to something that I think will bring bring more success. Here, here, here's how I would end this conversation for any musician that's out there. I will ask you this question and see if you can answer this. Where are your fans located? Uh, yeah. Where can you tell me where your fans are located? Because the data is out there. I, as I illustrated earlier, I've given some of my clients all the data of where all their fans are located cities around the world. Can you tell if somebody walked up to you today and said, I'm interested in doing something with you. Can you tell me where your fans are located? Can you give them an answer right away or are you kind of lost? Yep. I'll give you my top five just at the drop of a hat. Yeah. What are your top countries? What are your top cities? Hell, you can even discover what the top languages are that your fans speak. Um, you need to be able to know that. Yep. Great points. And you know what? Again, nobody delves into it. So there's, there's, if you're looking for the magic bullet, that may be it. Nobody's doing that, it. That, well, that, that's a good start. And again, I will always look at it this way. If a band has that knowledge, it puts them one step ahead of the band that doesn't have that knowledge. Good information. Um, Sean, thank you so much for sitting down with me on the Music Biz Weekly podcast this week, and uh, we'll be in touch. Always a pleasure, sir. I learn something every time I uh, have a chat with you. It's always good. It's always a great conversation. Peace. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by... LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.